You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. We're talking about playoff spots, aren't we? It's The Big Show, powered by mortgagestogo.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit mortgagestogo.ca. Flames with a 5-3 win last night in the swamp over the Devils thanks to a spectacular performance by Jacob Markstrom. If that wasn't a good audition, I don't know what the hell was because Vanacek let in a couple couple odorous goals, a couple turkeys, if you will, Matty, a couple odorous goals. They had a bit of a stench to them. Yeah, oh, they stank. It's like, should I? Should I put this shirt on? And you're like, oh, it's got a bit, it's got a bit of, ooh, yeah, ugh, it kind of burns my eyes. Oh, yeah, maybe not. <sighs> yeah, that uh, that Zeri goal that just squeezed through him. Oh, uh, gross! The Kadri shot. Even the that Rooney was a one. Stinky one. Get set. Yeah, the Rooney one. What are you doing? Yeah, the Rooney one was a stinky one. Brutal. Too. And uh, Chris Tanev, I think, is just covered in ice bags after last night's game. That guy was, uh, guy's a warrior. Good lord. Like, you, you just run out of superlatives when you talk about Chris Tanev and how tough he is. Good Lord, he gets high-sticked. He gets tripped from behind, flies into Markstrom, goes down the room twice. Like, he's just, oh, he, he's just such a competitor. And uh, there's lots of stuff I want to talk about. Eric Francis, I don't know if you saw the intermissions last night. Mm. He was dropping some nuggets of information during the intermissions last night that I definitely want to get into during the day, but a big 5-3 Flames win last night over the Devils. Um, back-to-back, they're, I don't know if that was their one of their best games of the season, but that second period was all Calgary last night. Oh, they were great. Like I don't know if it would be their best frame. They they held the, uh, the Bruins to five shots in the second period the other night. That's pretty impressive, too, but... To go out there and, and kind of be able to just swing momentum like that, that they, they played really well out there yesterday. There was some moments that definitely the Devils had their momentum and Markstrom had to make the saves. Uh, you think about that Zary goal. Like, he makes an outstanding stop on Holtz at one end of the ice and they go the other way. And Zary's able to pick up the garbage, bury that goal. All of a sudden, they've got a couple goal lead and, and it felt a lot comfortable, right? So... They had a couple of chances later on uh, for the for the Devils, but overall they they played a pretty strong game. Markstrom was very good. I thought he was much more of a factor than he was in Boston. And hey, back to back wins coming out of the break, not so bad. Three straight now, and yep. as Derek kind of alluded to, right in the thick of the Western Conference playoff race. I'm I'm watching the game. I watched it this morning. Because uh, I was out last night, so I watched it this morning. Woke up earlier. Um, tell me, this team doesn't give you those Predators vibes of last season? That they're going to make moves here before the, the deadline coming up here on March eighth. They're, they're going to make moves, but again, they, they fight. And I thought there were stretches where they looked really good last night. And these kids are, are taking on the challenge of having an expanded role. And that number one line continues to be interesting outside of that egregious Kuzmenko giveaway on the power play, which ended up in the back of their net on that shorthanded breakaway from Heischer. But again, even Jonathan Huberto looking a lot more dangerous. And I was thinking about it this morning watching the game that 
you want to talk about a trade deadline acquisition since January? It's Jonathan Huberto. He's mm-hmm. turning back into Jonathan Huberto slowly here. He was he was been a ghost essentially for the majority of his time as a Calgary Flame, but since we flipped the calendar, whoever flips calendar still in 2024, Matty, mm-hmm. he's been he's been a lot better, and the team is benefiting from it. Nazem Kadri's playing a lot better and has been with Wazeri and Pospisil, especially with Pospisil back in the lineup. But Huberto's out there creating. Sure, he took that really bad high-sticking penalty on use in the offensive zone, which he had no business taking, especially at that point in the game. But they look dangerous when he's out there. I'm, I'm really like, I know it's only two games and it's just short sample size, blah, 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 blah. But I'm really liking what I'm seeing from that line with Huberto, Sharon Govich, and Kuzmenko. There were some good moments for sure. I didn't think they were as impactful as maybe they were early on in the, in the game against Boston, but they played pretty good. I thought Huberto had a very impactful game, and Sharon Govich continues to find his way in the middle of the ice. And, and for him, you know, I'd like him to be just around 50% in the faceoff circle. He stayed there for a lot of the night. He ended up dropping down one only seven of 17 draws, so... Another little thing to keep working on for for the new centerman there, but overall, I thought they were creating, had some good chances. You know, Kuzmenko gets the the nice spin around goal to get goals in back to back games since joining the team. And I agree, I think Huberto has looked a lot different. Like he's been a little bit more assertive here um, ever since the trade. He's just looked like a little bit of a different player. So um, interested to see what they can do the rest of the way. They are certainly in the playoff race right now. But the other thing I'm thinking as they get closer and closer to the playoff race is if you delete their second pair, or frankly could have been their first pair yesterday because I thought Hannafin and Tanev had a much better game than Anderson and Weger, all of a sudden then then this team might be in a little bit of trouble when you're, you've are you got just Weger and Anderson on the blue line. So um, that's kind of the way I look at it now. Things are good and they're winning and, and they're cooking along. But if you delete a couple defensemen, I do wonder what happens to this club. Uh that that's going to be super interesting. And uh, Francis uh, brought it up last night, and it got me thinking this morning. And I kind of want to talk to you about it because I'm sure the, the Rose Report is loaded here. We're going to try to get to the uh, the break a little earlier to, to make sure you have your time to jam in everything that happened in the game last night, wrap up what what else happened last night in the NHL, because we definitely want to get to Ross Tucker on time, uh, tee up the Super Bowl. He'll join us at the top of the next hour. Then we got Frank Saravalli, NHL Insider at 7.30. Then we'll talk to the Chronalist, Big Show Flames analyst, uh, the Solution Snake, Mr. Brent Cron in studio in the 8 o'clock hour. But uh, Eric brought something up, and it was super interesting to me. How imminent is this Chris Tanev deal? And here's why. The Flames are obviously looking for a first-round pick, right? And apparently teams have yet to pony up a first-round pick because once that actually happens, the Flames will pull the trigger on that deal pretty much immediately and kind of what Eric Francis was alluding to last night. The way that guy plays, the way he was blocking pucks, like I don't want to say it's a Kawhi load management thing, Matty, but he's a big-time asset for this Flames team. And it's not like Hannafin where he's just flying around the ice. The way Tanev plays shift in, shift out, he's such a warrior out there. How tough is it for Craig Conroy to watch a game like that last night? His value's going up with how he plays and how he competes, 
But at the same time, you could also get hurt and miss some time, and then they don't end up training him or get what they need for him. Mm-hmm. This is quite the pickle the Flames are with Chris Tanev right now. Well, especially because they're pretty close to the postseason. They're they're right in the, the playoff picture, right? Like if this was a team that was way down in the lottery hopes, it would be a lot easier to say, hey, Maybe maybe your shoulder's bothering you a little bit. Maybe it, maybe you just need a couple of days, a little day-to-day type of thing, and we'll, we'll give you a little break here and there. But that being said, I don't think Chris Tanev would like that. That was something that Eric Francis kind of mentioned yesterday during the show, yep. too. Um, and I completely agree. He does not seem like the guy that would want to watch hockey games when he's on the team that is trying to win hockey games. It just doesn't make sense uh, for the player. And, and I think if you're a contending team, you don't want him to be out of the lineup for too long. It's it's interesting, but I don't know. He's he's also the type of guy who's going to play through a lot of stuff. And, and here's the thing. It could happen to him right now with the Flames, or it could happen to another team as soon as he gets there. I, I understand that you don't want him to get seriously hurt and miss a whole bunch of time, but um, I just think it's going to be hard to take him out of the lineup when we're still so far away from the deadline. It's a full month away. Yeah. It's a full four weeks away. Like, you're asking him to essentially sit out for 12 to 15 games. Now, apparently the, the a second-round pick is on the table for him. Do you take that now, or do you wait? No, and you wait. risk getting hurt. You wait. Yeah, no, I know, but you, you're also risking injury here. I understand the point, but you wait, because that's a risk I'm willing to take. Because, listen, what? I... <clears throat> You have to avoid risk. I talk about this a lot as far as like the lefty-righty pairings on the defense. You got to avoid risk every time you can. But at the same time, if the player wants to play, if you still think you're in it, and and frankly, I I think it's another reason to say to other teams, "Hey, if you want him, he's still going to play here and he might get hurt. So maybe you should up your price right now." Because like we've seen from Craig Conroy, he's not afraid to deal before the deadline. So I think that the message should be to all the other teams, "Hey, listen, he went down the tunnel twice yesterday. You want to come get him, or do you want to, or do you want him to keep being here, and then he's not going to be an option for anybody? So I, I almost wonder if by putting him out there, there's also a little bit of a puts a little bit of a pressure point on some of the other teams looking to go out and grab him there too. It, it, it absolutely does. And watching these last two games from the Flames, and this is something we've talked about. It's like there's a little more juice in in the roster since this Lindholm trade and I know it's only two games but Rick Ball brought up the great point yesterday when we talked to him it's not like Lindholm was playing great for the Flames like he's so reliable and he does the little things that don't show up on the score sheet and I understand all of that but I feel like they're playing a little freer and that top line is just super intriguing with the Flames like Maddie, I watched that game last night and you're right if you delete Tanev and Hannafin uh, it, it'll be a tall order for this team to get into the playoffs. But the way Jacob Markstrom's playing, and if Noah Hannafin signs this extension that Eric Francis talked about last night, it's in front of him. It's just up to him whether or not he's going to sign it. He said it could happen today, for all we know. Or he says, no, I'm gonna, I want to get traded. I'm going to explore free agency. There's a contract in front of him, according to Eric Francis last night during the intermission. Like if Hannafin I think it's been there here, for a long time. I think it's yeah. been there for a while. Like if Hannafin stays and they ended up trading Tanev for another asset here, I think this team can this team could definitely fight for a playoff spot, if not squeeze into a playoff spot. 
If they like trade it's not out of the realm of possibility here. Like no. again, we talk about how watered down that second wild card is in the Western Conference. Just and just the way Jacob Markstrom's playing, he might drag this team into the playoffs single handedly. Because right now, if he's not in the Vesna conversation, I think we got to start ta- really talking about him in the Vesna conversation here. I know other goaltenders are having great seasons too. Even Skinner and Edmonton has been unreal during that uh, winning streak, but that's fine. But just obviously, we're a little biased with we've watched him the entire season, and he's had such a bounce back year after last year. The way he's playing, Maddie. He might drag this team into the playoffs unless they trade him. I said that last week that this is a, after they lost four straight. You said playoffs were done. I said, listen, if you got Jacob Markstrom, you're going to win more games than you should. And th- this is a team that they're going to hang around the playoff spot. They're not bad enough to bottom out. They have too many good players to do that. And they have one of the t- the league's elite goalies, a guy who is playing at a Vesna caliber season this year, but doesn't have the numbers to show it because his team was a sieve to start the season. So I I'm totally there with you. But my question is, are they actually going to be able to keep Hannafin? Because I I'm right there with you. Contract's probably been there for a while. I don't think the Flames are going to move too much more on on what what the offer is. It sounds like it's an eight year deal for seven and a half million dollars per, which is a very good number to be at. But, like, the other thing I noticed yesterday was all of a sudden Noah Hannafin's on power play number one. Oh, why is he there? Is that a little bit of a, has he told the team, maybe I, I'm out, and all of a sudden, hey, put him on power play one. Let's, let's make sure we can show teams that this guy's a, a power play quarterback type of player. I don't know. That was my one observation as I watched the game yesterday. So that's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't think that they're keeping either of the defensemen. I think that if Hannafin wanted to sign the deal, he probably would have signed it by the right out of the All-Star break. But then again, who knows? Maybe he's still him and Hine, but I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at with these defensemen. I agree with you, George. If Hannafin stays and Markstrom stays, there is a chance that this team could battle and sneak in, but that's a big if for I think both Han- Hannafin and Tanev sticking around for the rest of the season. Yeah, you just you just watch a game like that last night, and I don't know if it's overrated or underrated. There's so many hockey cliches we talk about. Oh, got to get on the road, got to get back on home ice, whatever. But would would a playoff experience help all these young guys out? Probably would. Even even if he had to play, like honestly, like well, compared say, to what? Right, compared to no playoffs, miss- and you draft twelfth. Right. Like what's what's especially, the difference there? Yeah, especially like honestly. If they played the Canucks in a first round series, are the Canucks going to blow their doors off? I, I don't, I don't think so. Well, that's like, the thing. The Can- like in the West, unless you run into the Avalanche, I don't know if there's a team that's you're looking at waste of eight days. And, and even and even they need to address their second line center position. They're not as scary. I think as they, they will, though. You know, I, I, obviously. But I'm saying, like, the, the way things are going, yeah, yeah obviously uh, a battle of Alberta would be super fun. They're not the same you're... juggernaut they were last year in the Avalanche. I completely no. agree with you there. But, like, if, if again, if the Oilers somehow catch the Canucks here down the stretch and then you play them in the first round, at least that would be a lot of fun for Flames fans, maybe, potentially. Or like, it the could thing be there, a short series and th- that would hurt. The thing, but that, That's not going to happen. The Oilers won 16 straight and they gained a two points on the Canucks. That's the only. That's all that which they got insane. on the Canucks, which is ridiculous because we're all talking about how great the Oilers were in the entire time. The Canucks were like, "Yeah, we're fine. We 16 straight. Yeah, you're still 13 points back. Like, settle down." Again, sign 14 me up. now. Sign me up for a uh, Canucks uh, Flames first round series if they can squeeze into the playoffs. But again, it's man, it's 
it's so interesting right now. And what? And again, Rooney's given this team a big shot in the arm. Yeah, the fourth line was great. Line, he's been elevated to that number one penalty kill with Backlund taking Lindholm's role. Like teams look good. Peltier trying starting to get his legs. The fourth line looked good last night with Dewar, Peltier, and Rooney. They had some opportunities. I thought it was really, really interesting in the game last night that after the Devils scored, I think it was the three-two game. What does uh, Ryan Huska do? Throws his fourth line right out there the next shift. I thought that was super interesting that he does that. When did they score and then he threw out the fourth line shift? I just thought it was, I thought, yeah, here he is. Uh, Devils, when they went up one nothing, and then what does Huska do next, next shift? Throws the fourth line out there. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, they they were solid, right? And And you know what, like, the other thing about Kevin Rooney is he's already showing that the coaching staff trusts him um, yeah. because he's taken Elias Lindholm's spot on PK1. So you know that this is a guy that they trust defensively. Now, the other thing, too, is they're on the road. They don't necessarily get that matchup. And even against Boston, there was a lot of times where that sure. fourth line was getting matched up against the Boston top line. And I think that was more of a, a home team decision than an away team decision. But at the same time, what we've seen with this new fourth line through two games, I don't know if the Flames are as worried about that matchup as they were prior to the break when that was yep. a line that was Schwint, Greer, and Klapka. And that all yep. being said, I know that they would love to have Greer back, but that line when it was those three was not necessarily getting it done. So um, even even yesterday, you, you feel comfortable on the road when you can throw those guys out, right? Like, in other instances, off the shift, off the goal, pardon me, he might choose to go to a different line because he knows he's going to have a, a bad matchup there. He might choose to go to the back one or the Cadre line instead, even if they've been out recently and they're a little bit tired. But he obviously has confidence in that group right now, and he'll send them out after a goal, and it's not too worried about who they're going to face. And sure enough, a um, couple shifts later, a little dump and chase by Cadre, and the Flames got that goal right back. Yeah, um, big win, 5-3 last night for the Calgary Flames. Winners of three straight, right back into the playoff conversation in the Western Conference. Uh, we have a busy, busy, busy show. Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, Ross Tucker football podcast, CBS Sports Westwood One, going to join us at the top of the hour. Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff at 7.30, the Chronolist in studio in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we got lots to do here. What do you got coming up in the Rose Report? Coming up in the Rose Report, Flames and Devils, part of a seven-game slate. Uh, big game Sunday. I don't know if you heard, George. Trade deadline came and uh -huh. went in the NBA. Raptors getting back into action today after making a trade. It's also Pro Golf's rowdiest weekend ever with uh, yep. both Liv and the Waste Management and all the local notes that your heart desires. Okay, let's do that. It's a okay. busy, busy show today on a Friday in the afterglow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Of a Flames 5-3 win over the New Jersey Devils last night. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Jam-packed show. Ross Tucker coming up at 7 o'clock, 7.30. Frank Cervalli, NHL Daily Faceoff. And Brent Cron, the Flames analyst, our big show Flames analyst. At 8 o'clock, we have our NFL big bets to do. We have our lock of the day to do, plays of the week. Man, it's a busy Friday. Or Friday, if you will. Friday. Friday. 
It's time for the Rose Report. It's brought to you by Motorworks. You wouldn't be... I kind of just left you out there for that one, yeah. That, no, I and I wanted, I wanted, I, I baited you guys. I wanted the, the I like that. Friday. Hey, it's my Friday. No, it's not. It's Tuesday. Anyway, it is actually Friday today. It's time for the Rose Report. The owner BMW choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. Matty Rose and... Oh, friends. Good day, good day. Welcome to your Friday. Hi. <laughs> hey, Pat. Uh, flames yeah, sorry, and Pat. I didn't get you in the first segment. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, Pat. Are you good? Hey, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, I feel good. bad. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I was talking bad. to him off the mic. We were Don't talking worry. off mic. Don't worry. Fine. We talked okay, off yeah, mic. All right. <laughs> hey, Patrick. Okay. Good morning. GVP, good morning, too. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> I should get a buzzer for not having Pat in the first segment. Just buzz him. Thank you. All right. Okay. Let's go. Flames and Devils, part of a seven-game slate, heading into just three tonight. It's big game Sunday, Super Bowl 58. Trade deadline came and won in the NBA. Raptors got back into the action, and they made a deal. And it's Pro Golf's rowdiest weekend. Plus, we got the local notes. We got lots of stuff. Damn straight. Uh, let's start with the Flames and the Devils. They creamed them. Yes, sir. Uh, yesterday, no line changes. Markstrom started pregame. Eric Francis did have a story up on Sportsnet.ca about Jacob Markstrom and his name being in the news in regards to trade. Hasn't been approached by a team to see if he'd waive his no-move clause yet. He said if the team asks him, then they'll have a conversation. But right now, he's here to play. He's here to win. Nothing overly shocking in the story, but the big netminder did finally speak on the thoughts of a trade. Uh, this is what Eric Francis had to say at the first intermission to kind of summarize it, but I do recommend you go and read it yourself. Talked to him one-on-one the other day, and he says it's basically in Calgary's corner, which to me is a very interesting thing to say because I said, listen, you've got I think you have total control because you have a no trade, no movement clause. He says, no, this is in Calgary's court. If they want to come and talk to me, they haven't, by the way. I think that's important to mention, but if they want to come and talk to me and ask me to waive my trade clause, we can talk about that. We can have that conversation. But right now, I'm just playing hockey, and this is totally up to them. My favorite part of the article is, quote, when they send me an email that I've got to sign uh, something to remove my no-move clause, then it's a different conversation we got to have. They're just going to send them an email. Attention, Jacob. Urgent. Urgent. Craig Conroy. Note. <laughs> Urgent. Please respond. It's got the little red flag on it. Yeah. Please respond immediately. <laughs> yeah. We want you to waive your no trade. I think that's great that the Flames, and that's something that we heard, what, weeks ago? That um, I think it was from Frank on our show when he said that uh, the Flames haven't approached him yet about a potential trade. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason to unless they have something that potentially they want to get done. So status quo right now, he's playing fantastic hockey. He's here to play hockey. Seemingly, he'd be content staying here this season. That's kind of the vibes he was giving off to Eric Francis. Uh, If he's potentially going to get dealt, he wants to know about it, then we'll have the conversation. But I think that's it's kind of refreshing that, yeah, I'm I'm here to win games for the Calgary Flames right now, and we're going to get to it with all the highlights. But if he keeps playing the way he is, might drag this team into the playoffs. Dude was damn good out the gate. point-blank range by Markstrom. Up the fireboards to Hughes. Jack Hughes, a shot deflected by Toffoli. Stopped by Markstrom. And the Flames goaltender gobbles up the loose puck. 
Yeah, he was really good out of the gate. And and listen, Flames did start to have a little bit of a pushback, but then but then the devil struck. Hannafin joins a rush. Manjapani turns it over. The Devils go the other way on a two-on-one, and they take a one-nothing lead late in the first period on an Andre Palat goal. It wasn't a terrible turnover from Manjapani. He just kind of lost his footing, which allowed the Devils to turn yeah. and burn. No pouting from 88, though. Right back to work. Right back to the forecheck. Manjapani and Pullman, and they're on the forecheck. Pullman, actually behind the net. Manjapani, they score! Andrew Manjapani finds the captain. Michael Backlund. Yeah, how about that? Champagne goal for Backs. 11 on the season with assist to his pals, Manjapani and Coleman. Meyer took a slashing penalty moments later. A nice end to the first. 1-1 after 20, George. Yeah, great uh, great work by Coleman in the corner to get it to Manjapani, mm-hmm. who fed um, Backlund. And again, that goal, bit of an odor on Vanacek. Stank. Uh, to make it uh, 1-1. It's not the only odorous goal. Get over to your post there, lad. Come on. Yeah, Vanacek uh, let in. But uh, before that, even the uh, the goal the Devils scored on, Mm -hmm. I thought that was an unreal bank pass by Coleman to Manjapani, which sprung him. And I think it was just bad luck that it ended up in the Flames net uh, for the opening goal for the Devils. But again, that line was good all night. It was nice to see them get rewarded early on with that backling goal. Nothing out of the penalty time to start the second period. What we did see in the second was a perfect example of why the Devils might want to go out and grab themselves a netminder as, uh, yeah, Jacob Markstrom continued to be outstanding on one end of the ice. Jack Hughes the other way. Races it up the right side and drops in. Now holds his one-timer. Stopped by Markstrom. Bouncing puck. And the Devils can't knock it into a wide-open Flames net. Meanwhile, the other way. Here's Anderson. Far side to Pospisil. Takes a shot. Holds the puck. And centers it. Kadri shoots it. It's loose in the blue paint. They score! Connor Zeri swoops in. Picks up the loose puck. And pokes it into a wide-open Devils net. Yeah, an innocent shot from Kadri somehow gets through Vanacek. And Zeri's able to get to the loose puck sitting in the crease. 2-1 lead early in the second period, George. Yeah, that was a stinky goal by Vanacek. And by the way, incredible save by Markstrom off Holtz. And then Pospisil in front playing ball hockey goalie. A little kick save. save. And a beauty. A little kick save and a beauty. Yes, sir. Looked like Kirk McLean, (laughs) Bill Ranford, circa 1990 uh, for the Oilers with that toe save that Pospisil made. That was great, which sprung uh, the Flames. And again, they had some good zone time before scoring. But man, that was a stinky goal by Vanacek. And I love this. I love the, as the kids say, the Selly. The Selly. The Selly by Zeri. How he just, he looked like Swayman and Allmark the way he Waiting kind of for that hug? His, yeah, he just kind of tilted back and put his arms up. It's like, man, that's the easiest goal I've ever scored yeah. in the National Hockey League. And it was a stinky one uh, by Vanacek, who, by the way, Kadri was good all night. It was last solid. Night. And we're going to get to something he did really late in the game, which I loved. But we'll get to that later. Scary moment. Tanev went down the tunnel after a collision at the Flames net. He would go down the tunnel after getting high-sticked later on. At the first one, he came back for his next shift. I was thinking maybe he lost his gum, George. Double bubble. A little double bubble in your life. Uh, late in the period. Yeah. It... <laughs> the guy just, good Lord, Tanev. Like, Fan so many bruises. Uh, late in the period, how about the Flames getting the chimes going? Comes Kadri across the Devils' blue line. Kadri shoots off the post. Hannafin across. Anderson shoots again off the goal post. They're going to need new nets in New Jersey. <laughs> Why? <laughs> They're Stop. Made of iron. They're all NHL regulation. They're all proved. <laughs> They're all binged, though. They're all dinged. Binged and dinged. 
They, they, they're, they're not like the, the ratchet WHL practice nets. There was um, a point in that game where I was like, does Jersey have different nets? Like, why is the post making this beautiful ding every time the flames are hitting it? Sometimes Owl. it's a thunk. <laughs> Sometimes it's no, no. Yeah, ah, yeah. It like yeah, yeah, it sounded like that. Yeah. <laughs> or or they have, like, a, a microphone that's very well placed. Oh, good. Mm. Right above the goalie's head. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. That, that's probably it. Um, it had visions of I, one of the storylines I couldn't stand last season was, oh, this team hits a lot of goal posts. Mm. I was like, okay, enough. Okay, enough of the post thing. I hate it so much. But, like, last night, it, they had incredible opportunities, and they were beating Vanacek all the time. Like, that guy got lucky that some of those didn't bounce off the inside of the post and go into that. I can't wait to hear Kron's opinion on his performance last night because it was night and day in the goaltending. But, yeah, late in that second period, it's like, how haven't the Flames extended their lead to, like, 3 or 4-1 right now? Because they dominated, especially that last 10 minutes of that frame. Well, into the third, they would get another bingo. How about the fourth line? Tana, double clutches. It plays it far quarter to Hannafin. Hannafin centers it. It's loose in the blue paint. They score! Kevin Rooney scores his first goal of the season. Yeah, not bad. The Rune Dogs first of Whoa. the year. It's his first goal since December 7th, 2021. When he was what? a member of the yes. New York Rangers. Yep. Wow, that's a streak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gets it through the five um, hole against the team that he signed with out of Providence College as well. Oh, he got lucky because he did pitch for Vanacek's bats into the net. But the puck and was luckily, in way before. Yeah, that's what I mean. It never would have counted. If, that was just stinky if, Vanacek right there. Yeah, it was stinky Vanacek because <laughs> he's lucky because he did push Vanacek's bats into the net. Would have been totally a no goal, but he's lucky Vanacek is so terrible. The puck already went into the net. No problem. Came about three minutes into the third. Then they had a double minor power play. Tanev, a stick to yeah. the mush. Double bubble. Ugh, gum all over the place. My goodness. Uh, second down the tunnel. Again. Second time he went down, but of course he Jeez. came back. Uh, not a great power play. It was highlighted by one major mistake. Kuzmenko turned it over, led to a breakaway Ooh. goal. Um, so that That's wasn't a bad great. Turnover. Yeah, it got the crowd right back into it. But Kuzmenko, a good job to stop the momentum the other way. Abner with a weak shot, kicked into the near corner by Vanacek. Back back to Hannafin who winds and fires at a stop rebound, and Kuzmenko scores. Two games, two goals for Andre Kuzmenko. Yeah, how about the spinorama? A little dump and chase by Kadri and Zeri. Nice shot by Hannafin. Great finish from the Russian. Makes up for his mistake. Devils did get it right back, but then the uh, Flames would get an empty netter a little bit after that. There was a really weird instance at the end of this game where yeah. Pospisil had a chance at a breakaway. Vanacek came out. He ran into him. And they should then, have never blown that dead. And then Kadri comes in, and he collides with Vanacek, and then the puck ends up on Pospisil stick, and he puts it in the net. But for some reason, the referees blew the play they, dead. They panicked. Right. They did not know what to do. They were that was a panic move. I don't know what point, the Patty. reason was for the whistle. I think Patty yeah. is bang on here. Uh, luckily, the Flames got an empty netter and it didn't end up ending up a bounting to anything. But that was very strange. Yeah. So, uh, real quick on that 4-3 goal or mm. 4-2 goal by Kuzmenko. Yes, go ahead. Uh, really smart play by Kadri to shoot a muffin in on Vanacek who yes. can't handle it. 
and then the and the puck just goes into the corner. And another reason why, please re-sign Noah Hannafin. What an incredible play below the rink, at pinching at the right time, and then feeds Kuzmenko in front, who does a little wraparound. Again, very heady play by Noah Hannafin. Now, back to the uh, the incident with Vanacek where he came out. You're right, Patty, that that was a great call. Why was the whistle blown? Vanacek's the one who came he, out. He initiated contact, he and did. once he leaves the crease, he's kind of pre-game. Yeah. And he also tried to hit Kadri. He did. Kadri wanted no part of it. I yeah. love the little punch Kadri gave him. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? What was it, it, yeah. the word you can read his lips? What are you yeah. thinking? Yeah. Like five right, years that, ago, Kadri, he's probably killing Vanacek on that one. Right. Well, unless it was Bennington, then he probably would have threw his. Uh, then he would have dove into him to make sure he really hit him. I also but, uh, enjoyed how all of the Devils went after Pospisil. I was like, "What are you guys doing?" He's in the corner. Settle down. Yeah, Kadri's the one scored. who punched him. Yeah, it's because he put yeah. the puck in the net. That's the only reason. I never heard no whistle. <laughs> You're no right. Whistle. The refs panicked. Ooh, what do we do? Well, it's no goal. Why? Ridiculous. He's a knucklehead who came out and played it. Ugh. Yeah, the cherry on top for just an awful night for Vitek Vanacek. Three straight wins for the Flames, 5-3 the victory. They are just a point out of a playoff spot. Also, congratulations to Jonathan Huberto, who skated in his 800th career game. He is the fifth player from the 2011 draft to skate in career game number 800. George, I will be stunned if you can get two of the guys. (laughs) Okay, one more time. Give me a little more time. 2011 draft. Yep. 800 games played. Jonathan Huberto is the fifth player. Who else from the 2011 draft has skated in 800 games? Can you get one? No, I can't. R&H, Saad, Zabanajed, and Adam Larson. Oh. Would have been difficult. Great. Next game is Saturday morning against uh, the Islanders. A brunch tilt. Puck drop at 11 a.m. Um, they'll it's also visit breakfast. the Rangers it's before lunch. they come home. It's brunch. It's Damn brunch. Right. Yeah. Get yourself a little champagne, a little orange juice, a couple of Caesars eggs down the Benny. hatch. Eggs little eggs. Benny. Oh, yeah. You yeah. big fan? Oh, hell. Oh. Favorite. Patty Dumas loves some Holland. GVP, big on Hollandaise? I think I'm out on Hollandaise. Oh, get out of here. Just have your leader on milk then. Beat it. What do you mean you're out on it? <laughs> He's <laughs> out on Hollandaise. I just don't like it. Have you, when was the last <laughs> okay. time you had Hollandaise? I can't remember. Yeah, you get your. We'll take him to Reds. Yeah, you, take you to Reds there, GVP. All right, I, I don't know what Reds is, but it's a diner. It's okay, r- rookie palate. Anyways, I like the waffles next door. Those are hey, those listen, good stuff. Listen. Those are amazing. The buffet waffles. Oh yeah, <laughs> listen, oh, GVP and I have similar palates of an eight-year-old. Yes. I don't know why you guys yeah. are. Yeah, rookie. I don't know why you guys are us. Unbelievable. Yeah, are you out on Hollandaise as well, George? Like, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, a little hollandaise sauce. It's okay. It's not something I reach for at the breakfast buffet right away. Well, it's just only I going also, on my eggs for eggs benedict. Oh, right. I love a sloppy Benny. Eggs oh. benedict. But I'm also the guy who told you the story when I got banged up and eat bagged eggs and they exploded out of me bagged hours later. Eggs. <laughs> That's Christ. Jeez. Uh, it's true. Bagged eggs. Okay, let's move yeah, on. Bagged scrambled eggs. Six just exploded out of me through the mouth. Can you just? Oh, okay. Can no, you, no, no. It was guys? the other way. It was like oh. a funnel. Same it was noise. like a funnel. Just like, it's like a hose. It was like the part in Team America World Police. It was just like that. Get out the street, you freaking bum. <laughs> Six of their games yesterday. 
And we had some Canadian teams in action as well, including the Canucks. Boy, did they start terribly. As the puck is sent out in front, they score! It's Brad Marchand off the rebound right out in front of Thatcher Temple. Rifles in a short-handed goal. Bruins won, Canucks nothing. Yeah, that came, what, 30 seconds into the game? Oh, no, early. Canucks had a power play in the opening seconds, but Brad Marchand gets the goal off a Thatcher Demko giveaway. The Canucks did have a chance to tie it up. They did get, a, uh, but a power play goal later in the frame from Charlie Coyle would be, uh, yeah, that would be the uh, the two nothing goal. And then early on in the second, back to back goals in the opening minute. It was just a disaster for the Canucks. They allowed two shorties. They allowed two goals in the opening minute of the second. Elias Lindholm and Elias Pettersson were minus four each. The Canucks lost 4 nothing. Rick Taka was not happy, George. Believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> he was the guy who also ripped the team. What was it, the second game of the season this year? <laughs> yeah. No shocker. He didn't like an effort in early February for a team that's number one in the Western Conference. Jets and Flyers, another Canadian team that has made a big addition, but another tough game. Winnipeg skates at five on four. Two guys collide. The Flyers take advantage. Shorthanded. Here's Ryan Paling. He'll take the shot. He scores! The 11th shorthanded goal for the Flyers this year. And Ryan Paling gets this one. Number six of the year. It's all Flyers. Now 4-0. Yeah, 4-0 after 40. Uh, Jets got a goal late, but not enough. They end up losing 4-1. Monaghan dash 2. Shifley, Velarde both dash 3. That's five straight losses for the Jets. And, Patty, they can't score. Velarde was super bad last night. Oh, Holy crap. Super bad. Yeah. So, McLovin uh, bad? He was the reason why they had went down one nothing and was benched to the fourth line the rest of the game. Mm. How good. was Monaghan? Mm. Okay. The whole team hasn't looked good, though. They haven't looked good even before Monaghan got there. Oh, really? Good medium-weight scrap between hey. Pionk and Konechny. Yeah, yeah, you know I'm a big believer in the Jets and their playoff. Right? Yeah, I know. As I was going through this, I'm like, God, George is going to be right on this again. I'm going to have to hear about it. God, Third time in five years they're going to collapse here in the second half. Desert battle between the Knights and Coyotes. Done well, you're crazy, George. They're great and deep. We'll see. We'll see. I'm just, I'm, I'm never a believer in that. Desert battle between the Knights and Coyotes. This one was done in the first. He hands it off to Korzak. Quick sticks it to center and Paul Cotter. Eventually to Stone. To Stevenson now. He shoots. He scores! 3-1 Vegas. Yeah, this one was done in the first six minutes and 17 seconds. Vegas <laughs> had a 2-0 lead 77 seconds into the game, and they never looked back. Goals by Jonathan Marchessault, Nick Hague, and Chandler Stevenson. 3-2 the final score. Avs and Hurricanes. Avalanche was my lock of the day, so you know how this one went. His way through the middle of the rink, he does. He'll snap a shot right out. scores! Georgiev had no idea. He'll go cross. Drop back and score! That was all in the first period. Three goals hey, you know, for Marty you know Natures. My, sorry, you know who's my Stanley Cup team in the East? Carolina. <laughs> Just the only other first period Canes Natty Hattie belongs to Corey for the Stillman. Hurricanes? Yeah. Oh, Corey Stillman? Really? November, November 2007. Uh, wild final minute in the first period of this one. So Zach Parisi gets his first as a member of the Avalanche, and then five seconds later, Gerard at the red line, 
He'll fire it deep. No, it goes in! <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness gracious! That's the strangest bounce I've ever seen! Sam Gerard launched that from Charlotte! He went off the post and in! You heard it! You heard it here, folks! It was a dump in from Sam Gerard, and it just goes over the left shoulder of Kachetkov! What is happening in Raleigh? Loved yeah, Kachetkov got pulled after that one. <laughs> Despite, yeah, they don't need a goalie. They're despite, fine. despite the Hurricanes <laughs> leading three two, he gets pulled. Hurricanes win that one five two. <laughs> oh, and Antti Ranta got hurt in the second period, oh, so Kachetkov no. had to go back into the third. Oh no! So crazy. That's that karma, I, right I there. I can't believe that Ranta got hurt. It's weird. Oh, uh, wow, and I can't believe they have struggles in net. Cats beat the Capitals four two. Islanders look good in Carolina. Sorry. Mark Andre Fleury. Mm. Islanders beat the Lightning six to two. Yeah. Tonight, Oilers and Ducks at eight o'clock. That'll be Sportsnet West. Edmonton looks to get back in the win column. You can also watch the Penguins and Wild, the Rangers and the Blackhawks. Super Bowl Sunday. Eighteen. That's eighteen. Niners two and a half point favorites. Total set at forty seven and a half. We've waited all season for this one weekend, baby. Mahomes, Kelsey, Pacheco on one side, Purdy, Kittle, CMC on the other. All down in beautiful Sin City. Four thirty Sunday. Usher the halftime show should be a ton of fun. And yesterday we had the awards announced as well. Lamar Jackson, your MVP. Not Christian surprising. McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Miles Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year. C.J. Stroud, Rookie of the Year. Yep. Will Anderson, def- Defensive Rookie of the Year. Back-to-back years, tweet teams sweep the Rookie of the Years. How about the Texans going both ways? Yeah. How about it? Uh, Kevin Stefanski, or Steven Stefanski, if you were watching the awards show yesterday. Steven. <laughs> Coach of the Year for the Cleveland Browns. Comeback Player of the Year, Joe Flacco beats out DeMar Hamlin, who, d- who died. Um, and yeah, he that's it. He didn't play a lot. No, he didn't. He played like he had like a tackle and a half, and oh, then and had the, that terrible fake, fake, fake punt. punt. <laughs> uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2024 is Julius Peppers, Devin Hester, Dwight Freeney, Andre Johnson, Patrick Willis, Steve McMichael, and Randy Gratishar. Who's yeah? Go ahead. First ballot 2025, Patty. Who are uh, you thinking? I'm looking. Uh, I'm thinking Luke Keekley mm-hmm. for sure. He's mm-hmm. one of the greatest inside linebackers. His career ended. Well, he just retired. He, well, yeah, that too. Uh, Terrell Suggs. He's up there. Uh, and Eli Manning. Two Super Bowls against the Patriots. I know he's not. He's probably not going to get in first ballot. But I'm going through the quarterback uh, monitor here on Pro Football Reference, which is a good indicator of who's a Hall of Famer and who's not. Eli is uh, he's better. He's be- got better stats than Joe Namath, Troy Aikman, Jim Kelly. They're all in the Di- Hall of Fame. Different eras, though. I know. But also, I know. At this, but okay, they all, so but who's they more? Won. Who's more of a Hall of Famer, Philip Rivers or Eli Manning? Eli Manning. Ooh, okay. he's got the rings. He beat the gr- one of the greatest teams of all time. It's true, but but also stats, right? Stats. He's uh, what has he got here? He's got, two. and he also he was very durable too. He had how many games in a row he started Eli? before they stupidly benched him to break break his streak. He had he had his three hundred and sixty six touchdowns, which puts him in the top ten of all time. He had uh, his interceptions are high, of course, but he's still top ten in touchdowns. You should ask Ross Tucker that question. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer next year? Yeah, put it on the whiteboard. Uh, okay, NBA trade deadline. That's all. Uh, any thoughts on the big game before we get going? Oh, we'll, we'll break it down with Ross Tucker. Love it. It's a complete crap. Mm. Raptors, host, <laughs> Raptors host the Rockets at 530 on Sportsnet 1 tonight. 
as they get back in action. Uh, also on the network, Pelicans and Lakers at 830. That'll be a fun one. GVP's going to be glued. Nice statue unveil of Kobe Bryant yesterday. I did first like three, that. First of three, yeah. Uh, first of three. Uh, Toronto Raptors made a couple of deals ahead of the trade deadline. They sent Otto Porter Jr., Kyra Lewis, and a 2024 first-round pick in exchange for the Canadian big man Kelly Olenek and uh, another player. Oshai Ogbaji. I wasn't going to bother. 2022 first rounder. They weren't done. About an hour later, they send Dennis Schroeder and Thad Young to the Brooklyn Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie. Raps get out of Schroeder's 13 mil. Young and Dinwiddie were uh, bought out, and they are free agents, so they can sign with anybody now. The Sixers bolstered their bench. They send Pat Bev to the Bucks for campaign and a second. They got Buddy Heald from the Pacers. Jaden Springer from the Celtics sent out some salary just in case Kyle Lowry happens to shake free from Charlotte. And a real nice move by the Knicks as they landed... Bojan Bogdanovic. Yep, from the Pistons for a slew of players. Hawks did not end up moving DeJounte Murray. Told you guys, wasn't going to (laughs) move. Lakers, Bulls, Warriors, and Kings did nothing. Maybe four teams that did need to do something. Oh, and OG Ananobi had surgery on his Uh, elbow. He'll be out at least three weeks. Uh, Minor procedure. um, Got a loose bone fragment out of there. Uh, Maddie, the Kings traded for Robin Lopez. Excuse me. Oh, my bad. Oh, the reading of the book, Robin Lopez. Backstory, too. That was my favorite part. Did you see what book he was reading, George? Good night, Moon. No, that's it. It would be pretty bad if it took him two and a half hours to get through Good Night Moon. Backstory two: Interviews with uh, screenwriters from the 1940s and 50s. Oh, okay. By Patrick McGilligan. I don't believe he was reading that either, frankly. At the Waste Management Open down at TPC Scottsdale. Swing through the ball and wherever we try to go find it. That would probably be the best (laughs) idea for me. Round one suspended. Your leader, Sahith Tigala, six under. But Andrew Novak, five under through just nine holes. Nick Taylor, top Canuck, three under. But he's only done six holes of his first round. Play resumes at 7.30. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was Buddy in a wedding dress at the Waste Management Open. Yeah, I saw that. He had Uh, a drink in his hand. Stud part or... uh, Fantasy football punishment. Yeah, that or... you know, a, what do they do? Bachelor party or something like that? Maybe. Yeah. Or fantasy football bet. I think it's a fantasy football bet. Yeah. I don't think the guy cared. He was probably banged up and probably got a lot of fun. It was early. Dudes. It was in the morning that shot was yeah, well, taking they get place. banged up really early. I know. I love to get banged up early. I don't have anything else to add. Live All Vegas right. at the Las Vegas Golf Course. I fell in the sand trap. Yeah, Crushers, Paul Casey, and Four Aces, Harold Varner the third are both seven under after the opening rounds to lead the individual side. The Range Goats out in front. Bubba Watson, Thomas Peters, Matt Wolf, all four under, and their other teammate, he's three under. So they're right out in front. They're doing really good stuff. Wow, how about how about those Range Goats? Yeah. My son. My son. My son had a had a tea. And then the Saudis came with three hundred million dollars. I actually listened, I told my son I was going. I listened to an interview with Bubba the other day. He's a huge sports fan, and I was like, oh, "Gosh, I kind of enjoyed this interview." <laughs> okay, but then again, I'm fully on board with Live now. By the way, come get me. Uh, Stampeders free agency notes. I didn't throw hard, but I threw junk. Yep, three down nation reporting. Derek Wigan going to sign to Montreal. Sadness. Uh, always love chatting with Wigo and his bond with Mike Rose is very fun to watch. Yeah, that's uh, the kind of the they signed Ricky Walker yesterday. Younger go and he's you know, he's been playing pretty well with Winnipeg. Montreal got rid of Armando Sewell. I wonder if Matthew Betts goes home. Mm. The defensive player of the year for yes. most season. Yeah. Uh, the Stamps also signed 27 year old American offensive lineman Travon Tate, or reported to be signing him. Eight starts at left tackle, two starts at right tackle with Toronto last year, and that was definitely one of the biggest holes they had to address. Uh, Wranglers on the radio. Hey guys. 
Welcome to my stall. Couple home games this weekend. Today they're the day game. One o'clock against the uh, Anaheim affiliated San Diego Gulls. We ah. have. Is that your gull? Yeah. I always wanted a pet seagull. They're fun. What? Listen. You don't like <laughs> fine, germs fine. and you want a pet seagull? Fine. Like, wouldn't that be fun? You got a pet gull and you're just flying around your place. You never have to clean up your garbage because it'll eat it. He looks at you with those beady eyes. Yeah. Anyway, go what ahead. What is this? <laughs> what a, what a t- Whoa. So they play at 1 o'clock today. Whoa. It's going to be on the radio. Sanders going to be on the call. I'll be doing color. GVP's hosting intermissions. Yeah. Saturday. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're Look working. You guys holding it together. Oh, how? Just you wait. Saturday night game. GVP and Patty Dumont got your one-hour pregame show. What? It's gonna be hilarious. Yeah, and then Sandra and What's I are happening? on the call as the uh, Abbotsford Canucks stop by the Saddle Dome. Wow, the big show just powering the radio station. They're, <laughs> they're just letting anybody into the dome these days. I will not be involved in any such broadcast this weekend. No, Hitman on Luckily the radio for you guys. Yes, Hitman on the radio as well. Chaotic. Armadillo. Tonight, they host the projected 2026 first overall pick, Gavin McKenna and the Medicine Hat Tigers. That goes at 7. Brad Curl and Jeff Hollick will have the call. Logo has the pregame show at 6. Saturday, they host the Most Jaw Warriors at 2 o'clock. Hitman have a projected first-round pick in Carter Yakumchuk. The Warriors have three former first-round picks in Matt Savoy, Brayden Yeager, and Denton Matejchuk, and then a high second in Jagger Furcus. Hitman right in the race for the postseason in the WHL's Eastern Conference. The Roughnecks are on the road. They are uh, back out in George's neck of the woods, taking on the Toronto Rock. In Hamilton. Five o'clock start. In Hamilton. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> you know what I say, east of Winnipeg, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and then they'll be back for the East Coast Kitchen Party next weekend. AJHL, uh, Calgary visits Drayton Valley, and then White Court, both seven o'clock starts. BCHL, Okotoks hosts Spruce Grove at seven o'clock. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, terrific stuff, Maddie. The Rose Report is brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Ross Tucker next on the Super Bowl from Vegas. Big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.